an all-new episode of the Jeremy White Podcast. Tuesday at noon, available wherever you stream. Catch up on past interviews and episodes on demand now. Our next yeah. guest is an absolute legend. Stoked to be talking about her brand new record that came out back in February. The best is yet to come. Also, it's nice to be talking to somebody that's nice and posh and put some effort into the background and looking beautiful this morning. There she is. <laughs> absolute legend, Miss Bonnie Tyler. Hi, how you doing? Hey, how are you? I'm great. I'm doing fantastic. It's, it's kind of funny because... You know, in 2021, it's so cool to see you putting out new music and being as relevant as ever because I, I was talking to, before we get to this new album, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to Desmond Child and we were talking all about, yeah, yeah yes. we, were, we were talking all about Ava Max's latest song, if you, um, Kings and Queens, which I play on my radio show pretty much like four times a night at this point here in Montreal. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm... <laughs> I'm really curious, you know, what was the conversation of like her and sampling if you were a woman and I was a man? Were you involved in that or did you just hear that melody on the radio? We're like, wait, that that's my song. Wow. To be honest, you know, um, when I released uh, If You Were a Woman, I Was a Man, that Jim produced for, uh, you know, it's a song given to me by Desmond Child while I was recording with Jim Steinman. Mm. And... Um, the album did very, very, very well, but the, um, the, the, that song never really took off. And it was such an incredible video to it. And Desmond was beside himself. And said, yeah. We're not going to lose this song. You know what I mean? So then he made us uh, sing on a prayer for, you know, uh, living on a prayer. Right. Yeah. Out of it uh, with uh, John Bon Jovi, which yep. was amazing. Yeah. And, uh, but then this other one, I mean, I only heard it. Desmond sent it to me so I could have a listen. I hadn't heard it, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, But anyway, when I was in the studio recording this new album, um, I asked uh, Desmond if he had any new songs for me, you know. And uh, he sent me a fantastic song, Stronger Than a Man. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I just, I can't wait to be doing it live on stage, you know. Yeah, and you put it out for International Women's Day, right? That song. Yes, well, it it had really great response. The album, the whole album's getting fantastic reviews. Well, and, it, it um, sounds fantastic, album. You know, Mitch and I, we were just listening to "Dreams Are Not Enough," and yes, I, we were. As as so long good. as I look, as long as I look, and I come from the, I, I work in top forty pop radio for a living. It's like my. my my thing is about the 80s, and I love the sound of the 80s with the keyboards and the guitars and the drums and big vocals and big melodies. And it just transported me back, and it's so cool to hear music with that sort of aesthetic to it still being made. And you just have that perfect voice that makes it happen. And, and the, the, the songs on there lend to that sound very much, you know, especially mm -hmm. like uh, when the lights go down. What a song that is when I first heard the demo of that. I mean, it's written by... Steve Warmark, right? But when I heard it, I thought, my God, is this a Bruce Springsteen song? You know, it's so fabulous. And it's got a wonderful chorus. And it just, I, I, I just couldn't wait to, to get into it, you know, in the studio. Yeah. And uh, it suits me so well. And uh, yeah, the album is a kind of throwback to the 80s with lots of guitar and, you know, that's what yeah, we love. It, yeah, and, and it's powerful, 
my vocals can't be anything other than powerful anyway. When, you know, I can't sing quiet. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. You know, when you're going in to make an album like this, are you looking for songs that have that anthemic kind of sound to it? I, I do, you know, I mean, like, there's so many, let me, let me tell you which ones I really, really, I mean, when I first heard them as the, like you mentioned, Dreams Are Not Enough, mm-hmm. I mean, that's got an awesome chorus in it, you know, it's, it's right, it, and the backing vocals yeah. are yes. just, she is amazing, you know, and um, she does, her and Ray, they do all the all the backing vocals mm. in um, uh, where is it? Florida. Oh wow! And, um, she, she's she's awesome, and um, the the but the songs are very powerful, and I suppose they have a lot of that sound as well because it's they're produced by one of my old producers that did um, lost. Uh, it's a heartache all those years ago. In 1979, I had my first hit record in America, mm. and it was produced also by David Mackay, who right. produced this album, you know. But he has a lot of great songwriters under his belt, you know, that offer me the most fabulous songs. Yeah. Right. So this album, was it recorded kind of like off the floor with a band old school, or did you just come in and cut the vocals and all the tracks were done already? Well, well, to be honest, it had to be that way because my band, I'm, I'm always on tour with my band, right? And when we used to fly into Heathrow, I, because I tour so much, my boys are not the band on the, on the record. My, mm. my regular touring band, when we flew into Heathrow, they'd go home, see, see the wives and kids, you know, and uh, I'd go into the studio and record, um, listen to some demos, uh, which David then would knock into shape. And while I'm out on tour with the boys, uh, he would get, he's got awesome musicians all around him there in London. Mm. And uh, they put the track together. And by the time I come back from the next show, I go 25 minutes down the motorway to his studio and put a vocal down, you know, mm. and, uh, and, <laughs> it's just, um, you know, that then they put the backing vocals on. and But it was great fun working with David mm-hmm. because he's got his own studio uh, at his house. And so after he's got a great work ethic as well, you know, um, he starts really early in the morning. I, I don't. Mm. I'm late, but... Well, no, no, you're I, I <laughs> You're not getting up, not getting up early in the morning at eight a.m. and going to you know belt it out. Come on, nope, no chance. No Let chance. me ask you about this. It's it's your third album in eight years, and a lot of the bands that come from the seventies and eighties, they've just stopped making albums. They just go out and they do the tours, they do the greatest hits, and and that's all. You know, they play their twelve songs, and that's it. Why is it important for you to keep it active and keep making new music? Because you listen to this new one. And it is as good as anything you've ever done. It is truly fantastic. I, you know, honestly, I think this is probably the best album I've ever done. And um, I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah. I, I, I you know, I, I do it because I absolutely love making new music, especially when I'm given these incredible demos. I mean, I, I'm not a great songwriter myself, 
So unfortunately, because I mean, the, the, you know, I mean, that's just the way it is. Uh, Tina Turner didn't write her songs either, you know. No. And, uh, but I do it to keep my shows fresh and exciting. Yeah. You know, there's nothing, there's no money in making new records anymore. That's why people are not doing it. But the thing is, I have a huge fan base, right? And they look forward to my new album so much. And they come in their droves to listen to the live shows because they know they're not going to get the same churned out show every year you know and it, it's uh, of course i always do the old classics that people are expecting and i never get tired of singing them you know total eclipse of the heart holding out for a year or you know uh, iconic songs yeah but i love doing them but i can't wait now to get on the stage and i've got my first show in madrid now at the end of the month on the 30th of july mm. and uh, i'll be putting um, three of the new tracks in. I'm doing Desmond's song, uh, Strong, Stronger Than a Man. Nice. I'm doing um, The Best Is Yet to Come. We yeah. got the bad days on the run, you know, <laughs> now that we're all vaccinated twice. Yeah. And um, also I'll be doing When the Lights Go Down, the, mm. the song that's very, it's like timeless rock that Springsteen or Rod Stewart would do, you know. Yeah. Talk to me about quickly about songwriting. You, you, you just said, of course, you're not a songwriter. How is it for you to interpret other people's words and turn it into your own and make it your song and your emotion and your, uh, you know, vision? Because Steve Womack really gets me, I think, you know, I think he writes for me. Um, mm. And he gets me, you know, and it's so easy to sing his songs. It's just great, you know. But then again, I do a version on this album of the um, 10cc song, I'm Not In Love, right? And that is something uh, completely out of my, um, my comfort zone, really. Mm -hmm. But David, my producer, suggested that I give it a crack, you know. And uh, I said, well, I don't know about that one, David, you know. I, it's... <laughs> It's it's like, you know, ooh, shall I jump? A lot of my comfort zone, Dave. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But, That's okay, but you need to be challenged. Yeah, isn't that what a good producer but, does? It takes you out of your element and makes you do something that you didn't think you were capable of? Well, yeah, and that's exactly what happened. And I think I've made it my own. Um, yeah. I would love to know what they think of it, you know, the original uh, 10CC. But uh, <laughs> uh, it it's really sounds like... I've made it my own. I'm, I'm very happy with it. I hope they are too. But, uh, you know, I've only done two old songs on the album. Mm -hmm. And one is um, um, uh, the old Donovan song. It's the last track on the album. Uh, Catch the Wind. Catch the Wind, yeah. Mm -hmm. Gotta love Donovan, by the way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> listen, this brand new album is absolutely ridiculously good. Uh, it's True. called The Best Is Yet To Come. Came out back in February. It's available now wherever music is sold. Is it weird to be putting out new music? Like, um, in the sense that, you know, the music business has come such a long way business-wise. It's like, it's almost not worth putting out new music. Are, are you still putting out CDs and making vinyl records and all this stuff? Or do you just stick to the... Yeah, they, they did um, last October. There was um, 
a special uh, pressing of three vinyl CDs in different colors and everything, you know. Mm. And uh, it's, it's great, you know, that the record companies are up for this. And I love what they did with this new album cover as well, because it was done in lockdown. There was, you know, they, they used a photograph that was taken two years before. And they... Um, well, it looks like a drawing Spain. almost. It looks like a painting. Yeah, he, uh, he uh, what do you call it now? Um, anyway, he made a kind of... Uh, they photoshopped it. Uh, it's sort of like a, yeah, like a drawing. Like a, well, it almost anyway, looks like I'm an old, a, um, it almost looks like an old crayon pa- like drawing or something, you know? It looks super it looks, 80s. It looks very 80s, yeah, yeah. But it goes to the music so well, you know? But no, the reason why, and the only reason why, I record new materials because I I love music. I love what I do, but I want to keep my shows fresh and exciting. You yeah. know, yeah. the sales of the records. I mean, when it first came out, you know, I mean, like I went to number one on Amazon and things like that. Yeah. But the, the sales are crap these days. You don't go by by that. You know, you just go by your 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 sold out shows. But I have know? to say, even if the sales are crap. You know, I've been a fan of music since I was a, a wee kid, you know, back 77, 78. And bands that I loved back then that aren't making new music, I've sort of lost interest in because it's just like, well, why do I want to go to your show? It's going to be the same thing as it was last year and the year before. But the bands that I love, you know, the Cheap Tricks and, and the Thunders that are making new music every couple of years, I'm super excited for And, and I don't care if I'm going to hear the new songs or not. It's just nice that they're vibrant and they're trying and that they just haven't just said, eh, screw it. You're going to get the same old, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, you're definitely not going to get the same with me anyway. Of course, you know, everybody loves to hear the classics and the, of course. you know, they, yeah. of course they do. But uh, no, I think they really appreciate the fact that I'm still enjoying myself. And age is not, it's just a number, you know. If it really you, is. If you really enjoy what you do as much as I do. Let me ask you this. Uh, Last week, Jeremy and I were talking to Joe Elliott of of Def Leppard, and they tried to record their Hysteria album with Jim Steinman, and it didn't work. You, of course, uh, recorded with Jim Steinman, and it did work. Talk to me about working with Jim and why that relationship with you artistically just work. You look at Total Eclipse of the Heart, smash it. I mean, you you can't say that it didn't work, so... Why did you and Jim work? Well, maybe because I had a great band behind me, right? I had some of the E Street band. I had Max Weinberg on drums, Roy Bitten on, Roy Bitten on keyboards. I had Meatloaf's bass player, Steve Buzzle. Yeah. I had Rick Derringer on guitar. <laughs> uh, Legend. On some of the tracks and another... You know, I had a wonderful band that could really play their instruments. From what I've heard, the, the you know, I mean, Matt Langer played nearly all the instruments on their very successful album. I love that album, by the way. If I had to choose what album to to ever have on an island, that would be one of them that I <laughs> absolutely love. Uh-oh. Now I'm waiting for the Bonnie Tyler Def Leppard cover album. That's what I'm waiting for now. <laughs> I can I can see you doing hysteria. I think your voice would be great on that. Bonnie doing pour some sugar on me. Come on. Oh, that would be actually. You know what? Those vocals would work. Yes. 
that would work. <laughs> but yeah. But okay. Other than the musicians, though, what was it about Jim where he just understood you? Um, well, to be honest, I understood him. Okay. It wasn't that mm. he, uh, because I wanted to work with Jim Steinman, right? When I told my record company I wanted to do to do that, please get in touch with Jim Steinman. I I want to work with him, and they said, "Oh, come on, Bonnie." You gotta be kidding, Jim Steinman. He's never gonna work with you, you know. And I said, "What do you mean? Ask him. You know, yeah. I, you you you're asking me what do I want to work with? I'm telling you, I want to work with who produces and and writes for Meatloaf." And uh, they said, "Well, oh, it's a long shot." I said, "Well, at least ask him for me, you know." So they did. They asked him, and Jim yeah. said that. At first, he thought the same thing. Why, you know? But then he thought he likes a challenge, you know. And um, uh, but but the thing is, with Jim Steinman, uh, the reason why I wanted to work with him, I love that bombastic kind of production, the theatrical the kind of approach that he had with yeah, music. I love that. So I'm not going to tell. Jim Steinman, what to do? I'm just going to let him, you know, get on with it and do do the tracks. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know what? Not the tracks. We did the tracks live in the studio. The way Jim Steinman worked was the the boys were in the studio. I was in the booth. You can imagine how wonderful it was me to what it was for me to work with Max Weinberg and. Roy yeah. Bitten and you that's know the, that's the cream of the crop of musicians. And I. <laughs> I was a young girl from Wales, you know, and I'm in the studio with Bruce Springsteen's, you know, mind blowing. <laughs> and and like, um, we used to do the song live, t- uh, tape to tape, you know, uh, nine different takes. This mm. is the way Jim worked, you know. Wow. You do nine different takes, and at the end of the evening. He'd take the reel-to-reel home with him to listen to, to see which had the best feel, to Mm. start laying it up a bit, you know. And he'd give me a cassette of the nine different takes, and I'd go back to my hotel room with a little cassette player with a built-in speaker on it, you know, (laughs) and and listen to these nine different takes. And uh, I, I picked the same one that Jim picked. When we went back in the studio the next day, I said, I like take two. And so did he. And we built on take two then, you know. Right. But but I was singing live with the the musicians. Wow. So so that was live cut off the floor. That's cool. Yeah. But, but, you know, there was a lot of overdubs and everything afterwards. And, you know, layers and layers of different... uh, um, you know, drop-ins and things, you know, of the back Punching and vocals. here and there. And yeah. Yeah. Right. It's, it's funny, funny little tidbit. You, you chose mix two. Billie Jean from Michael Jackson, they did like 80 different mixes and they ended up settling on mix two. So. Really? I didn't know that. <laughs> Something so I, I, do only it. Know that, I know that uh, Billie Jean 
um, was nominated for the best video, and so was I with Total Eclipse of the Heart. Mm-hmm. And um, Billie Jean won it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. We're Michael like, Jackson damn, damn, Michael, I should have got that. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, you, you mentioned Mutt Lang before. Did you ever want to work with him? And oh what? yeah, yeah. And and yeah. would you ever enjoyed his approach of? really dissecting songs or do you prefer that let's just go in let's do nine takes off we go i don't know how he works uh Matt Langer. i only love the productions that he's done you know i mean right. brian adams when he was with Matt Langer, he was something else you know absolutely but since he's not with Matt Langer, he's is not as good as he, you know. Ah, he but his new good. album is being produced by Mutt Lang right now, so they're back together. Really? Yeah. Yes. What's it called? Yeah. I don't know. It's coming no. out uh, next year, later, later this year? Probably later oh. this year or something, but they're in Vancouver apparently doing the tracking and Mutt's back yep. co-writing and producing. Oh. And so yep. Everybody thought that's... Mutt was retired, but he's, uh, he's coming out of the woodwork. It's great. That's going to be something to look forward to. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'll look out for that. Well, let me ask you this: It's funny we just because we're running out of time really quickly. Talking about Jim Steinman, we we spoke to Joe Elliott, and he said that Jim basically said, "Okay, you know, we do one take and be like, okay, that's good enough." And we were like, "No, that's not good. Mott would make us do it a hundred times. That that's a terrible take." So so Jim, yeah, yeah. we did nine different. So it's it's I guess it depends on the artist and how the producer yeah. wants to approach him. Um, to be honest, I don't think he liked them. He didn't think they were good. Mm. But um, you know, I, what do I know? I only can yeah. go by little stories I've heard. You know. Did you ever talk to Jim Steinman about his time with Def Leppard? Yeah, we heard quite a few stories about it. Oh, <laughs> do, do tell us one or two. We have time. Yeah. No, I can't really remember what he said apart from you know. They're awesome. He wasn't. He wasn't that impressed. I mean, I I thought they were wonderful. I mean, that yeah. album, Hysteria. That, that they ended up doing with um, Langer. I mean, that was never off in my car, you know. Right. What? A, it sounds what massive. An to, what an album to drive to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've had a few pull-ins by the police. <laughs> It'll get you excitable, that's for sure. Let me uh, just quickly ask you this. Holding Out for a Hero was, of course, on the soundtrack for, for Footloose. How important was it for you to have songs on soundtracks because there's a lot of, you know, Kenny Loggins, yourself, those soundtracks are just important, right? Yeah, they, they were. I mean, I mean, but it depends on the song. I don't do anything that comes my way. In fact, um, I turned down a James Bond theme. And, um, wow. Yeah, because, I mean, when I was, a, when I was given a James Bond theme, um, it was like, wow. You know, everybody's dream. Yeah. Until <laughs> yeah. Until I played the demo, and it was like, oh, so <laughs> disappointing. You know, oh. I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. I I just said, I I just don't like the song. You know, have we got this a is absolute shite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it was so I I turned it down. What movie was yeah. that for? Which which 007? Well, you know what? That song, I was right in turning it down because that song was never a hit for, mm. uh, for anybody. So uh, I can't remember. I think it was Never Say Never, but okay. I can't remember what the song was called. Um, 
but it was a terrible song. And in the end, <laughs> they did it with someone as a duet with somebody. Right. I don't even know who they were, but it, it yeah. was rubbish, crap. Yeah. I can't even remember. I'm trying to think, like, who could have, yeah. No, I don't even know. It's funny because I'm rewatching all of the 007s right now, and I'm 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 up to yeah. I'm up to um, the spy who loved me. So <laughs> slowly but surely, slowly but surely, getting there. Anyways, well, Bonnie Tyler's brand new record, "The Best Is Yet to Come," which is also the title of a Brian Adams album. Uh, not an album, a song. A Brian Adams song. A Brian Adams song. Brian Adams song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On uh, "Cuts Like a Knife." Yes, "Best Is Yet to Come" is on "Cuts Like a Knife." Yeah, it's a great song. You should have covered it for this album. It would have been perfect. Yeah. Oh, I love that album. Can't for the reissue, it? do it as a Japanese bonus track for the for the remake. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let me let me just finish on this. Since, since it is called the best is yet to come, does that suggest that there are more albums to come? You're not done quite yet. No. What it means is keep listening to this album because it just gets better and better and better. <laughs> but that was before COVID, and now it's like. The best is yet to come because we've had two vaccinations. Yep. We've got the bad days on the run. Yep. There you go. Well, the best is yet to come. Bonnie Tyler, it's available now where music is sold and catch her on the road as well. Tour dates. She's coming to see you. Make sure you go and get the details online. Follow her on Instagram. She's great on the socials too. Bonnie, this was absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for chatting. And this was, this was great to meet you. Thank you so much. BonnieTyler.com, everybody. Absolutely.com. There you go. Yeah. Merci. Right. Thanks, Bonnie. Thank you. It's that was been great. great talking to you both. Bye bye.